Teaching Journey Podcast acknowledges the traditional custodian of the country and pay our respects to the elders past and emerging and recognizes their continuing connections to the land, waterways and community. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. This episode was recorded on the Wurundjeri land. Hi all, you are listening to Teaching Journey Podcast, episode 13. In this episode, I sat down with Lynette Ta, who is an amazing, passionate and well-articulate leader. Her journey is so inspiring as she has moved countries to find her happiness. She spoke about the importance of reflective questions and how she unpacks her own vulnerabilities by questioning herself. I hear a lot of educators who have questioned themselves working in this sector, and for Lynette, she has given us the perfect example to find a space where she belongs, somewhere that aligns with her values and beliefs, which in return is a space for her to grow and thrive. So if you're looking for the happiness in your role, I hope you're listening in and be inspired by Lynette's story. So here it is, episode 13 with Lynette Ta. Enjoy! Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to have you here. We met probably like a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, a presentation that you've done spontaneously. There was a, a PD uh, where we networked together with professionals and the topic was loose part. And you came along, talked about your project with children and how, you know, the ideas have come about, but just the way how you articulate yourself that night was amazing. Um, and so I thought, I need to hear more about this person. She is amazing. She's so well experienced and I want to know more about you uh, as a leader um, and as you know who you are in terms of your identity and, and where you've come uh, in that journey. So um, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, thank you so much for having me, Dee. Um, yes, I am Lynette. So I've been in the um, sector since 2012, so it's about like 10 uh, 11 years now it have been an amazing journey i have no idea how much i would love being part of um being an ect in salon i started with a bachelor of psychology um and then i was fascinated with child development to start with and then when i graduate i wasn't sure what i want to do so i started to volunteer out and then started to do tons of learning experience with children in um volunteer events and i was fascinated how children develop and grow even within that five minutes or six minutes with me and I wanted to know a little bit more about it so I started to join um, for Master of Teaching and I was very lucky that I was a place in a lot of different uh, philosophy schools so Steiner, Montessori and Rigio and it really allowed me to build the understanding of it and I noticed that to being the advocate for children it's not just about theoretical part of it the practical part of it but it's also you need to build a form of belief that you what you would think that what's the advocate for children how does it look like for you mm-hmm. as a as a person for yourself what actually um you know build on your identity as a teacher i could say um it had been a long journey because i have on and off because i went back to malaysia working as ect as well and then that structure are uh, very different mm-hmm. and I because I was so new I just adapt to what's there and I started to notice that I got frustrated and I started to say that I don't think I enjoy this career anymore 
And my dad was one also the person inspired saying that, why do you think you don't like it? What actually make you feel frustrated in that sense? And it was amazing how it helped. And it relate back to critical reflection from your life is you do need to think a little deeply. And then, um, so it made me realize this because I noticed it wasn't what I believe in. I would like to be able to support competent and capable children. Does it look like in my practices? Is my language able to support children in that way? Am I am I doing it in that sense? And what am I doing right now? Does it impact of what I want to achieve in the their future for that child? Um, I felt that make me make a change of move. And um, I actually approached the director of that center when I was in Malaysia, but I noticed there was a barrier because of the culture and also expectation there are families. There's a lot of things that I was restricted and weren't allowed to do so. And I felt that, you know, this will hinder me where I want to be. And I'm not seeing myself who I want to be as a teacher. So I decided to take that journey to go to Sydney mm-hmm. instead of Melbourne because I want something fresh and I want to see the difference of dynamic of teachers or children and so on. And it was fantastic because I went to a family center and um, I worked with different um, director. Um, I went from you know, a teacher in their um, early uh, for a toddler room. And then I went to become a kinder teacher for three years old. Then we decided to combine to three to five years. So, but doing that journey of reflecting, making every decision and think deeply about each decision you make, that's how you form my identity. Because I started noticing actually, I need to have a reason why I'm doing this instead of just doing it. Not so saying that, I think when you go for PD, you will notice that a lot of them will say that don't just come in and listen to what I said and go back to start starting it. And that's what happened in a lot of places is we listen to what worked for the other center mm-hmm. and then we just bring it into our center. But we never really dig deeply about what is the culture in the, the room? What is the children? How is the children? How the family is? How about the educator as well? Not just, you know, this is amazing that they bring in. And that form my identity because I felt that that's allowed me to be fascinated with everything is around. I'm passionate with everything is around, sustainable, everything. I'm not great with everything, but I felt that it's just more of that, the little step of thinking deeply about what you're doing, why you're doing, help a lot in forming who I am today. Yeah. yeah. And that's fascinating because what you've done is really, really Deep, deep. Mm. And you have shown that you were so uncomfortable with something. Something just didn't sit right with you when you were working in Malaysia. And 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 you couldn't figure it out what it was. Mm. But you didn't eliminate yourself completely from the sector. You almost like, you know what, I'm just going to find somewhere. I'm going to search for something that I'm going to be happy with. That mm. I'm going to find joy and I'm going to look elsewhere in a different country. And that's amazing. Not a lot of people have that bravery to be able to do that. Because what you're doing is just completely, yeah, just eliminating from one, you know, factor and just putting yourself somewhere um, and, and, and searching for the identity. So yeah, I think that was so important because I think my goal, even for myself, is to love my job. Mm-hmm. I want to be happy every day. I want to come in, feel motivated, energetic. I literally, I didn't really 
know what I would like to do. But when I decided that I want to be in this sector, I know this this is who I want to be. If I want to be a teacher, I want to be a happy because I know that's the impact of the children. Your know, emotion impact. Of the children, and you know everything you do. I actually reflected with one of the teacher. When you have a calm teacher, the room is always calm. If you have an energetic teacher in that room, you know that the children are also full of energy, and that's what I ask myself: what kind of room I want to be in? You know, what kind of children I want to foster to? You know, it, it will be more of like I want them to be happy. You know, that's who I want to be. And I felt that for me to be able to do that is I need to go into a setting that feeling really happy and enjoy what I'm doing. That obviously is something that need to come by lots of research and trying out what actually worked for me and what is actually fitting in that sense. You know, a lot of settings are great and amazing, but it's also looking at what's the outcome I want to be at the end. Uh, I at the end. I I work with the big center before. I work with you know, um, age groups um center before. Montessori, all kind of center. All of them have great thing for the children, but doesn't mean it feed all educator. Mm. And I have to say that this is something that, despite their exceeding center, the excellent setting, it's not about the setting. Sometimes it's about your philosophy and who you are, whether fit into the environment, whether that's actually. Go in with you, and then a lot of them. Oh, I'm leaving exceeding center. Am I not doing well? I said, No, it's not. It's just because that maybe that's not the place for you. You will have a place that that suit you or fit your personality or your philosophy that you can shine and continue your journey and being proud of it every single day. And that's such a good message because what you're saying is that it's not about me fitting into something. It's about them fitting to me and finding where do I fit? Where is this? Where where is my sense of belonging? Yes, I'm this little puzzle piece, and where can I find this space yeah. where I belong in a center? It's not about trying to adjust yourself. Often that's what we do. Mm. We go into a space, we adjust, we accommodate for people, and I think that's naturally what we do as well. As yes, person. but mm. what you're saying is that actually embrace who you are. You are mm. the unique you. Yes. Um, you know, and 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 find someone who actually uh, appreciates and values your unique personality and your unique teaching strategies yeah. as well. And I like the way that you say sense of belonging mm-hmm. because we tend to focus a lot. Oh, children need to have that sense, but there's a festing and everything on your. But where is teacher sense of belonging? And yes. I felt that that was important for you to feel that space. And sometimes. It's hard to find that space. That's why when a lot of educated joiners, I said that don't feel that you need to know everything straight away. It's not necessary. It's find your place. Find that you build a connection with the children first. Build a connection with the teacher and the family first. Find your sense of belonging within it. And then when we talk about programmers or in our center, I said that it's sometimes it's not just about the children. How about the teacher? About it's a journey together. Yes. And a sense of belonging definitely is a key for everybody to to start with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Now you spoke a little bit about um that teacher's identity and what that looks like in practice and what mm. your image of a teacher is. So and and you couldn't find that image in Malaysia, mm. and you found it here in Australian context. Mm. What was that for you? And what was that image that you had in your vision? I guess as a beginner teacher in Malaysia, and that that just could not 
Yeah, I guess it's, it's a philosophy part of it. It's not the practical part because the teacher in Malaysia are amazing. They mm. love the children. They they do what they think is the best for the children. And so I guess it's how we view children differently. We view children here and this is the thing that I felt that I was very grateful that I was able to have my education here. Because one thing that made me fascinated is when you see children as a competent and capable learner despite of their age since birth and this is something that I found that I wasn't able to achieve in Malaysians because um, they do see children are competent but there was a restriction of it so that age group where the children at this age doing this there's a you know a checklist that at this age they're doing this and this and this and and when they go to the two years old they need to have a workbook they were doing this and this and this and obviously education system are different very very different they're looking where more on literacy which is great because i think that's something very important but when i was coming back here i asked myself what other than that is important because i felt that with the skill i have in terms of literacy and numeracy is amazing because that requires you for the long time skill but what other skill do i need to support that child then I ask myself, I come from that background, and I'll ask myself, what skill am I lacking of, you know, that children actually need to? And I notice that it's a skill that should be the foundations of before the literacy and numeracy because it happened around it. And and that's where I found that that's where I wasn't able to find because I love the idea of seeing children competent and capable despite any age. And I'm really looking into... Um, like in terms of inclusive practices, which is what I love working with Wanda Alien Health, which is a feature of a, t- of a child here, is when she told me that saying that it's not just about taking barriers or hazard away, but it's also inc- it's all about increasing accessibility to everything. Mm-hmm. And that's where I found that that is something that I was seeking for. I want to increase the accessibility to all children despite of their ability, despite of their age group, where they come from and things like that, is where I think that driven me to continue on to be in and uh, in sector is to provide them with all, all the accessibility to it. That's why, yeah, that's why I continue on this. Yeah. yeah. And do you think that um, your strong, strong core belief in values of children, the image of the child, stems from perhaps your upbringing in Malaysia and learning um, education concepts here in Australia? Do you think that comes hand in hand? Yeah, it is because I found that I have amazing skill myself the way I brought up. And I also noticed that I would have gap on certain skills that I need to build on. And then here, the children here are the same. You will notice there's a massive strength on certain areas and there are others. And this is what I love about because I felt that everything needed a balance. There's never been one way on the other. I think everything... It's just like eating food. You can't eat too much of something, you know. Yes. Every every food are healthy to you in a way, but you just can't have too much of it because sometimes I know that some people will say, "Oh, chocolate is not good." I understand that, but sometimes chocolate also help you you feel good. Can you make you happy? So I felt that in terms of education, it's the balance between it. It's the balance of. Uh, organized and systematic kind of of education but also giving children the voice and agency and that's why I love about it as well because 
children are not children they're also a person they should have their own identity and their own voices and i noticed that that was something that i struggle when i go into uni because you know coming from how it was systematic where you have books that you know your curriculum going you know what your exam about coming in here and said okay now you need to do research i remember the first time looking at my friend what does research mean? What am I supposed to do? And I was doing psychology. So I need to go out, interview people and ask data collect and, and lecturers that like, you do need to do it on your own. And I was looking at her, you're not going to give me anything at all? No, this is all your own research. Finding your own answer. I find that it was like, oh no, you know, this is such a big struggle. Yes. I was struggling so much with it. Then the first term I was, I have no idea what I'm doing. But once I get knowing where I'm going, I was like, this is an amazing learning skill that I picked it up, you know. So, and then, and then I asked myself, but without my education from Malaysia as well, I'm, I'm not who I am today because I need those skills. I need those structure and education and get who I am today. So I felt that the balance of between two have really helped me to form my own self-identity. I know who I am today. I know what I want to support um, in terms of children learning and that's why I felt that there's no teaching style that's wrong at any point at all everything you do a structure or non-structure the children are benefit from it they're learning something from it it's not that they are not they are learning something but just a different thing with it so from there it's more of looking at what kind of other opportunity can we create by maybe modifying some stuff to increase that you know accessibility on the other area of learning yeah yeah, yeah. i completely understand i am also from malaysia and coming mm. to uh australia and when assignments ask you what do you think tell yeah. me about your opinion i'm like hang on i've got an opinion uh, you want to hear my opinion yes <laughs> oh it was massive i was like i have no idea what you're asking me and then you were asked to go presentation and then present your idea idea what do you mean by My that? idea? Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then so initially I started by copying every article that I written and, and the lecturer came, this is not what I'm asking from you. I need you to come up with your own thing. And I was like, you know what? I never know that I actually have that part of me. So it, it was really great to be able to be part of it. So I understand that both ways work really well for yes, everyone. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Let's talk about leadership. Um, because, you know, your the journey that you have, unpacking that all on your own, uh, and the work that you've done, the self-reflection, um, that vulnerability with yourself uh, and building towards that teaching identity that you are today. And in terms of leadership, how has that helped you uh, in, you know, I guess, working together alongside with people? Yeah, I think um, leadership initially to me looked a little bit different because when I first started, being an educator in Malaysia as a leader, I have seven stuff under me. And I feel that I need to manage and micromanage. So that was very traditional idea of leadership because that's how how I was back at home as well. And then coming to Sydney and then when I, I when I went to Sydney and started looking at it, I found that oh, it looks a little different. It's not about, you know, delegating tasks but it's about collaboration and making things meaningful and then looking at what worked together because what I as I go along in the journey what I what I notice is as a leader is more of bringing everybody together it's not about you are the best or you are 
doing it everything or you're doing the best or you're one of the best teacher in the room or something like that because initially when I in Sydney as well I was the ad leader and we were running our program working with consultant and then we were doing uh, projects about inquiry learning and the room that I was in tend to go really great but as the ad leader I'm looking at the other two rooms saying why aren't you guys on that journey and I know this is because I too focus on doing one thing instead of looking at the overall pictures and then it come to me a realization that leadership is really bringing everybody together it's supposed to be a celebration for everybody it's supposed to be all of us together so all of us have our own strength and that's why i come to believe as a leader is to highlighting everybody's strengths despite you of your qualification your age where you come from you believe every one of you have something that you enjoy doing and your strength and that's something that should be value and you should see yourself as a leader and as that's always what I tell older educator that I work with is to me all of you are a leader I'm just here to support you to a better self of yourself in area that you need a support but to me you're no different to me you know because you are doing everything that you do with the children you are passionate what you're doing with the children you have your strength some of the teacher here are great when planting and i've said i have no idea what i'm doing with planting but that's your strength and that's your leadership in that sense because i said the older children are learning everything from you about planting so i felt that leadership mainly is about bringing everybody together valuing their strengths and celebrate them yeah, and that's so important. Um, and I think it's good that you could differentiate the two different type of leadership skills. Mm. Um, but that's who you are, and that's how you know you you bring people together, and you know you resonate with people together. Um, and you know, and and and, and that's wonderful that you've actually embraced that. You know, yeah, and I started to you know initially when I got the educational leader role, I was very confused what I was doing. There were no manual. I do know that there was a book on it, but there was. So tick. Oh, it's huge. It tells you, you need to be this, you need to be that. Yeah, you need to and, know then, and, then, yeah. and then I was like, what am I supposed to do? So yeah. I did, I remember when I started at Leaders, I started with checklists. Okay, what do I need to do every week? And I remember when I first started checking everybody whether they know how to hand washing. And then the director, what are you doing? I said, that, that was part of the role, you know. And I started to figure out, oh, that wasn't my role about, you know. It's, I was like, you know, what else could I do a little bit? And, and that's when I started to look at, you know, some teacher are burnout out and I really sat to hear that you know like why are they burn out don't get me wrong I get burn out too you know and things like that and I will ask myself why do I feel that way and and so so when I see my role as an ad leader from that perspective I start to look at how can I support educator well-being a little bit more what can I do differently you know we have so many documentation we're doing we're doing such an amazing job but then we start to get picked on oh you haven't done this documentation you haven't done this checklist all kind of thing and it actually would actually draw your energy away and then I then see my my role a little bit different by saying that what can I do different to support all of us together so that we all happy you know enjoying where we at and things like that so yeah that's make massive difference when you sing your role as an ad leader differently so I was really enjoying myself when I was able to start oh, okay this is actually my role it's bringing everybody together we're taking an initiative together but not just about me doing it oh Lynette think that this is a good idea so let's doing it sure. but what do you think because not just children agency 
I found it is important, but educator agents is important. What do you think is important for the children? Why do you think you want to do this with the children? And really value that, and also acknowledge that you know what that's an amazing idea. How can we support you in that sense? What resources do you need? You know what initiative you are, because I think you get really burned out if you are the one that's doing everything. Sure. And what you want in term as the ad leader, my goal is where the teacher take that initiative and motivated to run off their own. So that's something that. So I love when teachers say, I would like to do something about loose but just go ahead with it, you know, because that's what you want to embrace in, in that leadership opinion. Yeah, definitely. And let's talk about challenges. What are the mm. challenges that you face, I guess, not, on, not only as a leader, but also uh, as an educator? Yeah, I think uh, challenges come when all areas so there are areas where you can be just about supporting educator well-being i i reckon to me right now as my role is one of the biggest challenge that i would like to support teacher with is to be able to support educator well-being everyone is different everybody bucket is very different and how to look at balance between um documentations their interaction with children engagement and also for them to be able to look after their own well-being and that's something that um, I think is one of the challenge that I have for my role in in, in that way is to finding way to support um, teacher to find their way to support their own well-being you know on their own self-care um, and so on but in terms of myself um, as a challenge I think I need to think a little bit more about that. I think it could be um, finding the right resources sometimes, the right collaborations um, in terms of area that you want to work with and things like that sometimes could be quite a challenge. Um, sometimes it's hard to even find time to network with someone. Timing, Time is always um things that we're trying to look for. One other thing that I write for my appraisal is if you have a metric one, what do you want? I said, I wish that there are 48 hours a day. <laughs> yes. That's always my biggest challenge because with time, I was I would able to do so much stuff with it. So I guess there's also time to be able to support all kind of initiative, finding time for myself, finding time for family, finding time for work, you know, collaborating with others, networking with others. Yeah. So I think time... I can cover everything. Yes. <laughs> if only I have more time, then I can complete all the tasks. I know. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah. And then I felt that, you know, I would wish I could have more, more time to have a chat with these teachers, mm. you know, about what she's going through, what can help her. Or I wish I could have more time to do a career reflection with a director and things like that. I think that'll come with time. Yeah. yeah. Like for educated well-being as well. I believe it's all about timing as well. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And, and talk about self-care too, because mm. obviously you're a mom yeah. and you are very passionate with the work that you do here. Um, and I hope that you'll be able to create some time for yourself. And I know it's yeah. possible with really young children. Yeah, it is hard. So I try to balance it out between what I really enjoy doing. So I love being outdoor mm -hmm. and I love um, going hike and so on. And that to me is me away from work away from home um, and also not focusing about cleaning you know all the mess at home yes. and here is focusing about all my tasks and so but when we're out there I felt that the open space give me that 
you know, space to take a breath and saying, okay, this is just about me and my time with the nature. So I tried to balance that out by having, going out to the park with my little girl so that she could have a space to play with. Um, obviously bringing my husband along so she can, she can look after her. <laughs> and then I could have my time to do so as well. So um, I try to schedule time where I have girls night as well with my friends as well at some point um, because I do think for me to be, the right person or the educator um, in the centre or anywhere as well in the sector, I do need to look after myself and fill up my bucket first. And that's a priority for me because without you filling up your bucket, you can't actually fill up other people's buckets. So that's where... I always will find time to look at that, you know, this is the time that, you know, that I need to go out for a walk and so, and try to work around what's available and so on. Um, but I do have a very supportive partner with that and allowing me to have my own personal time, um, yeah, to be able to look after myself, you know, yeah. yeah so they've been yeah. great. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and so you're quite self-motivated because you, and you're quite driven as well because yeah. you do have the ability to move into a new country for a drive for you know looking for the vision that you were looking for uh in terms of workspace i was surprised by it to be honest yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but to have the ability to be able to do that it's actually not an easy fit so you know i hope that you will have the ability to um step back and, and celebrate that as well yeah definitely because, you know i mean you know you won't be at where you are now and perhaps you you know thinking about have you thought about that like what if i stay in malaysia I, I did, you know. I did. That, that's a lot of what if throughout my throughout my life, and then because I, I sometimes wonder, oh, why do I need to face this challenge? What if I never face this challenges mm. and what not and things like that? And I noticed everything happened for a reason, and I felt that is to embrace what happened and really look into it. And say, what do you actually learn from there? You know, I I felt that I was lucky to be able to work in Malaysia. It allowed me to have a deep think about it. I did think of if I stayed what would be different because I still have very good relationship with my colleagues back home I think I might be doing something quite similar to them but I also wonder will I be happy in that sense because obviously every teachers have their own self-identity they have something they are driven to and something they are looking for and then I did ask myself that what if I decided not to make a move and stay where I am and you know where I were back then I said will I be happy will I be you know able to achieve where I want to be I might be able to by finding a different way um but I also felt that you know I'm very grateful that I take that lead and make a move. I was surprised that I was brave enough um, to do so because I was very nervous whether I make the wrong move every step that I take because moving away from family, going to sit in a brand new country, uh, state uh, from Victoria, I wasn't sure about the area and things like that. But every single challenge I faced, I felt that it made me a better person and made me who I am today because I felt that, that all, everything, all the t-shirts that I meet, all the family and all the children, I learned so much. And that's something that, you know, I felt that I was very lucky to meet all these people in my journey to be able to help me to build up who I am today. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. And so where do you get that motivation from? Do you have someone that you're inspired by or, you know? Um... Oh, I think everyone around me. Because I felt that 
the fascinations of talking to different people. Um, I don't know whether you know this, but I do a lot of talking and collaborate with others. And I found that that motivated me a lot, knowing something about you know what you do or you know their point of view and perspective. Get me thinking a little bit more about oh. What would you think like that, you know, and things like that, you know, working with family. My family is also a great motivation as well because they are very different personality than I am. And I sometimes wonder, why would you be like And sometimes I will ask my mom, why do you think like that? And she finally caught me kind of weird because I always ask the question why. And then, but that motivated me to know a bit more. I'm wondering why you're doing this. Is there a reason why? And then I love being in the sector. So I get to work with so many different people with different backgrounds. You'd be surprised what they bring to the table. Like even with the family, which is an architect, engineer. And then when they're telling me something, I was like, wow, I want to know a little bit more about it. And that motivated me because I was like, this is fascinating. Everything here are fascinating. And I felt that um, able to learn something new every day is also something that motivate me. Um, yeah, because we recently have a teacher that very big in Auslan. I'm not great with that. But then the way that she talk about it and her face locked up with it, keep me motivated to say, I would like to know about it more. I wish I could learn something from you from that. So that actually motivates me a lot every day to come in here. Yeah. yeah, I'm like that too. I feed off people's energy. Uh, like when they're so energetic and they're passionate about something, I'm like, oh, yes, I want to learn more about it. Yeah. I'm going to feed off the energy as well. And it was so nice that when you get to learn something mm. new and, and when they're telling me, they the other day uh, brought in um, incursion of a person who is deaf and uh, with a dog that able to do Osla. I was like, how does he even do that? And then when we watched it and how her energy was about telling us her story, I was like, that's inspirational. And that's lovely for you to come in and share with the children. And I said that not only with them, I learned so much from you, you know, but that's actually really, really, really great motivations. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. So what's the next project for you? Oh, I think for me is, oh, I'm not quite sure because I felt that I have a lot in mind. I do, my mind run really, really fast as I always do. But I guess um, is to continue to be able to support um, the teachers and also in terms of their well-being, not just teachers that been here for a really long, but I also looking at the new teachers i felt that like covid have put a really huge impact on them really really does and i we have worked with tons of um only child teacher who are passionate but struggling finding their identity in their role i have teacher that come to me saying i don't think i'll ever be where you at you know i don't think i will ever have that thinking and and that's something will be something that i want to work on is all of you have that in you you know, all of you are passionate in what you're doing. And sometimes it's taking that time to slow down is actually a good thing for everything. To think a little bit deeply about, you know, what you're currently achieving, celebrate that and move forward with it is something that I think um, is something that I would like to work on continually um, yeah. as my role. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. That's something I'm very passionate about as well. Um, yeah. yeah, self-care and mental yes. health. Yes. Uh, it's so huge. We work with children and we know that our energy really fits off of children. Yes. So if we don't look after our educators and just getting them to be, you know, passionate and motivated and curious. Yes. Then, you know, if that energy will feed off to the yes. children. Yes. And that's what the skill that you want the children to have. And yes. so the first thing is 
the, ch- the teacher have that yet. That's why we've, I felt that my role is unique because I could able to do that step in to support teacher in their well-being as well, is to able to look after themselves. And I always tell the teacher is, you need to fill your own bucket first yes. before you can fill other people's bucket. And so that, that's my role and my responsibility to look after myself. And that's something that I want to support you to be able to do so. Documentation, you can slowly build onto it. You know, strategy to work with children, we can work a lot as a team together. You do need to look after yourself first. So we try to do a standard initiative we could to support that. We get te- parents to do yoga with us and things like that to get the teacher also saying that, you know, you could have some time to yourself. You don't always need to think about, you know, what do you need to do next with the children? What do you need to write for a learning story? But first of all, is look after yourself, you know, um, and yeah. And then, you know, happy with what you're doing. And, and the other thing also is something that I was passionate about is for them to be able to feel comfortable to speak up with their challenges. And I think there's something I love about critical reflections. Um, I have this um, PD with Catherine Hydens and, and what she say made me feel that, you know what, this is what we need to be able to support everybody's well-being. It's okay to feel defeated. It's okay that you feel challenged. It's okay that you are struggling. No one here is judging you. But come to us and so that there's a space, uh, there's an open space for you to share that. And let's work at it together. And I think that's important for teachers before they actually burn out. And I think that happened to us because sometimes, oh, when I can't deal with this, does it mean that it's my fault that I'm not doing a great job? And what I always say, you, no, you're doing a wonderful job. But why don't you come and share with me what you are struggling so that I can see it from a different person perspective and then maybe I could find something where I might not be the person but maybe someone else in the center will be able to support you in that way or someone else that you can call to support you in that way is for them to feel safe and comfortable to be able to share their challenges with all of us and then that's what something I embrace for critical reflection is that it's okay if you challenge us it's okay that you found this is too difficult you know we don't expect you to be able to, you know, just think that everything easy, but we're here to support and um, provide anything that we could. Yeah. yeah. And one thing that you've highlighted there is that for you to have the ability as a leader to acknowledge that if others don't come to me, it's okay. At least they've got someone within the organization or whatever systems that they have. Mm. And to acknowledge that, yeah, it's okay. I, I know that they're safe and I know that they're okay and they've got steps and measures in place to be able to perform at work and they're you know looking after their mental mm-hmm. health and it's okay for them not to come to me. Because it's really hard yes. as a leader. Sometimes you want to take uh, or, or, or be in control of everything. Yeah. But what you ha- uh, highlighted is the ability to just let go and kind of um, respect the processes that they have uh, for themselves. Yeah, and I think that's what about educated well-being is that they allow to have their own personal error because mm. we do, do tell the teacher that when you're time that you notice that you're just at the tip, come and tap our shoulder, just let us know that I do need some break from it. You do not need to tell me what happened. You do not need to tell me what's going on in your life because that's your personal life. But let us know if you need some space, you know, because you do, because I would rather them having that space to themselves instead of forcing themselves in the environment with the children. And then later on, you did something that they're like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. But, you know, able to come to us and say, that it's a safe place for me that I just need a break. I need to go outside for a walk. You know, I just need to have a breath. And that 
that's something that we really want them to be able to feel safe to do so at any place that they are to be able to feel that you know what I, I, I able to and and comfortable to seek for support but I just want to look after myself yeah, yeah. fantastic Let's finish off with the last question. One mm. advice that you would tell your beginning teacher self? Oh, I think I think the big thing is believe the journey, believe the process, um, embrace all the challenges that you have. Um, it's okay that you feel defeated sometime. It's okay that you are sad sometime. It's okay that um, you have struggles but also celebrate the achievement a little bit of achievement that you did along the way because everything happened um for a better goods and um and also really embrace what's uh happened and also celebrate i think celebration is what make you motivated i do feel that if i can do it again i want to celebrate a bit more a little bit you know finishing a learning story is a good achievement able to have a conversation with family is also a good achievement but those little achievements is what make you who you are today all right celebrate the small moments yes it's actually a journey a milestone yes we do that so well with children Yes. The small little steps when they take, we go, oh my goodness, that's amazing. But we cannot do that with ourselves. Yeah, so we like, yes, I felt that sometimes we're a bit too hard. Oh, we need to get here yeah. to be able to be recognized ourselves as a good ECT. And I was like, no, I have a little thing. For you to take a deep breath and support children when they're having a big emotion, that's a good celebration because it's hard for you to slow down for a little bit being for you to be aware or alert why the child is upset i think that's a big achievement because that little bit make a huge impact to those little human that we might not see it because we are doubt we we're too fast paced and and i felt that that celebration will make you feel like, oh i'm doing a great job you should give a big tap because we ask children all the time give us a big tap on the shoulder because you do a wonderful job for us but you do need to get that to yourself, you know, have some chocolate sometime, yeah. you know, and things like that. And Just don't feel with... guilty about it. Just yes. enjoy it. Yes. 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 Yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 I agree. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You are an amazing wealth of experience and knowledge. Okay. It's just your story is just really inspiring as well. And I hope that people who are looking for a change and finding a space of happiness, uh, you know, will be inspired by your story. Oh, but also your... You. um. Your ability to self-reflect is so powerful. It's something so simple, uh, but yet, you know, we need to do more. We need to allow ourselves more of that space. Yeah. And you've actually shown the, the comfort of uh, being vulnerable with yourself and asking the why and making those changes to self. Yeah, yeah. I guess the, the most important is not too hard on yourself. Mm. You're doing a wonderful job in everything that you are doing. And there's always place to improve because that's what makes life you know beautiful because there's always an ongoing journey you can continue it will be very boring if you already reach the tip so um but those little things that happen um to you is is for good in that sense if you see that from the other side so i think that what made me felt that you know i enjoy my role um because i get to see that every single day yeah, yeah fantastic well thank you for being on the podcast yeah, thank you so much for having me thank you <laughs>